welcome to your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast. Join your host, Alexandros Megas, and co-host Vincent Byrne, as they walk you through the deepest recesses of the mind and how it operates. They discuss all the reasons why our minds persistently get in the way of our evolution, growth, and our success. But crucially, they also teach you what you can do to change your destiny. And now, here's your host, Alexandros Megas. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the infamous Your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast. I think this is our 47th, am I correct? I think so. I am your host, Alexandros Megas. And I'm your co-host, Vincent Byrne. And what are we doing today, brother? There's there's been uh, a couple of weeks of distress here, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I've had a... A few weeks of uh, being um, under a pile of SH1T, uh, and uh, I um, things started to fall apart a little bit. So I thought, um, I know it's after the event, and I've started to kind of get things together. But why not ask the great man what he has to say about um, how we should deal with things when uh, when things fall apart? The great man being myself. Absolutely. Now, there's been uh, certain kinds of words after great used for me in the past, but man has not been one of them until now. Uh, Dude, this is a really good one, I think, because there it is. It happens all the time. We find ourselves in these uh, situations where we're cruising and we feel good and we feel confident and we feel awesome. And then something happens and we trip and we fall on our ass or even worse on our face. And then is the moment that ignites uh, the hero's journey as uh, it is that thing that we have been chasing uh, forever, definitely on this podcast, but in our everyday lives as well, because ultimately I think this is our journey here is the hero's journey. So we're on our face. And the question, the big question is what do we do now? What's your opinion? How many options do we have when we are in such a predicament? Two. Okay, and they are? Stay with your face in the, in the mud or get up. All right, that's, that's fair. But the interesting part is what happens when you're starting to capitalize on the second option the get up in other words you're thinking oh 
being staying here with uh, my face in the mud is not a good idea. It's probably not what I should be doing. So I'll go with option number two, Alex. This is a reference for the Americans. So I suppose, yes, it's probably pretty obvious when you are face down in the mud that that's not a good place to be. But I suppose a pattern that I would have had um, for many years was to when I was down um, and whether that's face in the mud or otherwise um, would be to go to a place where I was feeling like a victim. And um, I think uh, it's pretty easy to go to that place. And I've met and worked with many people, um, both in, a, I suppose, the olden days when I used to do more life coaching to, to, um, to now, you know, business owners where there may be a combination of personal stuff, but there'd also be business stuff. And, um, and, and there is a high propensity of people or high propensity among people to actually go to that victim place, which is the equivalent of staying in the mud and they don't necessarily realize it. So, um, Eating dirt in real sense uh, usually is a good um, a good incentive to try and get up and stop. But when you don't realize you are, that can actually be a challenge and it can keep you stuck in the place, looking for excuses and looking for reasons to blame your predicament on external factors. So, um, so I've been there lots of times and um, it has taken usually something pretty drastic to get me to move and get up and start to to move forward um and obviously in pretty much every situation as soon as i did the world looked a lot brighter the problem seemed a lot clearer and solvable um so and thankfully i've 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 got better at doing it but I'm still not out of the woods hence um my um I won't say capitulation but certainly overwhelm that I would have felt over the past couple of weeks um and it, it took um it, it took some conversations with people it took some journaling it took various things doodling to, to just get myself moving and uh, and back up standing up again so so yeah that that would be my um thought on 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 what happened and I think what typically happens people but why would you want to get out of the woods you know what I mean it's like I live in the woods the woods is a good place to be scary sometimes <laughs> a little confusing <laughs> okay Change, change woods for, uh, for mud, for mud. Okay. So we all, of course, have experienced multiple <laughs> versions of, uh, of those situations. And, uh, in my experience, the very first thing that needs to be contemplated is what what just happened think about it we'll go back to our very favorite subject in the world the way the subconscious mind operates and works 
And we know that the subconscious mind is likened to a computer. It operates on programming. It creates its own. And it also <laughs> accepts donations from all, all around its environment. So when something happens, when something happens that feels unpleasant, what is the interpretation of the subconscious mind, right? So uh, uh, the, the best way I know to decipher what my subconscious is experiencing at that moment is to ask myself the question, what just happened, right? When you ask that question, then there should be an answer, right? What just happened? What just happened? The shit hits the fan. The, what the, the answer is, I don't know. What just happened? Uh, something horrible happened. Why, why is it horrible? So th there is, of course, an interpretation of the subconscious mind that responds to the event. The event in and of itself is never flavored one way or another, right? So it's, it's like saying, for example, if, if uh, a huge rock gets detached from the top of a mountain and falls down into the field, uh, is that good or bad, <laughs> right? It's an event, it's an event. Now, if the rock falls on your ass, then you immediately make a, create an explanation and a translation of the event so that you know how to act. So the subconscious mind will be there to flavor the event because it uses that flavor to, instead of reinventing the wheel, right? It's gonna go back and search. Like, you know, you're looking for that thing. Oh, it's that logo. I, I, I had this logo that was, uh, I don't know, like a 3D version of my logo. Where is it? I, you go to the computer and you, you start putting down words and it searches, right? The logo, that fucking logo, you know, I name files like that. So it searches in hope to find a similar or seemingly similar event so that it knows how to deal with this. Because we know the subconscious mind, it's two things in this particular situation. It's lazy, it doesn't want to go there and start like, oh shit, what are we going to do now? Uh, it, it, <laughs> lazy. And secondly, it's also, it feels like an urgency, right? So he wants to get to the root of the problem and discover a solution as soon as possible. Make sense? Yeah. So, so it's going to default into the programs, the conditioning that it knows and that it possesses. It's going to go in there and it's going to start matching, you know, what other situations did we have that feel like that? Right? Oh, that when uh, my girlfriend in high school dumped me and then she told everyone I was an asshole, uh, you know, whatever. 
and and then when it finds out what that event relates to or it thinks that it closely relates to it's going to then start uh, employing the solution and the, and the solution is usually what it used to protect you quote unquote protect you uh, in the past so it's going to do whatever feels less painful usually right that's this is the default mechanism of the subconscious mind it's going to want to do something about it that causes the least amount of pain now usually this isn't the best thing <laughs> that you can do for a situation because we all know that growth of any sort involves pain so to backpedal into what i said in the beginning when this thing happens to me specifically i take a moment take a deep breath and i ask what just happened is what happened a good thing or a positive thing was there a negative thing once i start answering these questions i keep on drilling further if the answer that comes back oh it's a negative thing i further question it's like you know it's like a detective right why is it a negative thing why do you think it's a negative thing and then i'm expecting the the next answer and at, at some point there's going to be uh, a short-circuited approach because the subconscious mind will go down the wrong rabbit hole and it will trip itself and then realize that oh shit that doesn't work let's go back to the previous question and then by virtue of examining these things by um, being in close cooperation with between the conscious and the subconscious mind the conscious mind is asking the questions associate um, assessing whether or not the answers are um, fitting the occasion and then by this cross-examining type thing hopefully we get to find out we get to discover first the real nature of what happened and, and secondly whether or not what happened can help us get to the next point does this make sense yeah so you I, when you go back and um look at the um at what happened are you looking to um to properly um process the current event or the event that's just happened in a way that it breaks it down and doesn't allow the subconscious to put it into a category that's filed under the same as your girlfriend ditching you in high school you know it's well, it, it, yes. is, is that the effect of what you're you're doing you're you're slowing everything down and causing you to reflect on each stage of it rather than allowing the kind of snow job that the subconscious mind uh, does uh, which says 
this event happened and this is what we do to deal with it and everything in between is irrelevant. We just go from A to Z and and that's it. Is is that what you're doing? You're you're breaking down the process step by step. That's right. Because uh, when, as you very, very accurately mentioned, my friend, when you do that, then what do you do? You uh, temporarily give yourself the opportunity to escape uh, swimming in a sea of emotion, right? Uh, and, and counterbalance the way that you feel which is a very pivotal moment uh, knowing how you feel and then being able to decipher why you feel the way that you do. And this is why this questioning has to happen, right? This, <laughs> for example, yeah, I used to do that in extreme ways in the past. Uh, I, I think I have mentioned that um, a couple of times on this program, like um, when I found myself back in the days when I was like this for real starving artist <laughs> and my life sucked. That's a technical term, by the way. Um, <laughs> back then, I used to feel Many times I used to feel um, desperate because I would get into a depressive hole and it would feel like nothing can ever change. You know, like all those things. Mm. Like, no, everything is always shit. And nothing changes. Why me? <laughs> victim, victim. Yeah. So, but... I immediately, and that was before I became a hypnotherapist, by the way, which is interesting because... Uh, it was before what? I became a hypnotherapist. Okay. So this is what this is what I would do, right? Okay, so I found myself in this seemingly really sucky situation. And then I would take a couple of steps back and be like, okay, what's the worst that could happen here? <laughs> Right? What's the worst that can happen? Am I dead? Am, am I gonna die? Probably not. Okay. Am, am I going to uh, be on the streets? Probably not. Am I going to lose my friends? Probably not. You know what I mean? So you, uh, I used to do that intuitively without having any particular knowledge on the subject of the subconscious at the time. And uh, it always seemed to be extremely helpful to me because it gave me perspective. Mm. Like, how, like how bad is this? Like how bad is it? And, and of mm. course, it is very important to realize that the, the mind, the subconscious mind will work on expectation. So he, he will assess the nature of every situation based on what it's expecting that it's going to happen. 
yeah, it does a lot of projecting, doesn't it? Of of a generalized projection. Yeah. I remember actually, um, I've got a book, you probably know it. It's um, a drawing book and drawing on the right side of the brain, it's called. And uh, the idea is that um, when you try to draw something like uh, someone's facial features, um, if you just set about it, what happens is that you you think you're drawing what you see, but actually you're drawing mostly what the brain remembers that facial features should look like. And you don't actually get a likeness of the person that you're trying to draw. So the way it works is that it gets you to um, take, take an image um, and to flip it upside down and to draw the, the bits bit by bit in sections of maybe about a half inch at a time and then build it up from there. And in that way, you, you prevent your brain uh, getting, um, getting control of the situation and projecting its version of what you should be drawing onto the page. And it takes time then with practice for an artist to actually learn to do it right, as I'm sure you obviously know. But I thought that was fascinating, the idea that it, it works on these memories and projects them onto whatever scene you're looking at and whatever scenario you're looking at um, and makes up 80, 90% of the stuff that you come up with based on what's in its memory bank rather than what's actually in front of you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. This is actually, this is so cool that I didn't, it's how presumptuous of you to think that I'll know the book because I'm an artist. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, man. I, I love it. I love it when people are like, you're an artist? Do you use crayons? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that that actually that's fascinating. It's a fascinating concept. It's very accurate. The reason why most people can't draw for shit is because they're not paying attention to what they're experiencing in that moment. They're not paying attention to what they're looking at. They're paying attention to the previous recollection <laughs> of what that thing that they're looking at might look like. Yeah. It's it's wow. Yeah, that's great. That's really good. What would I do without having you, my friend, here to point out every single book in the world that I have never read? <laughs> You're like I even remember the author as well. You are walking encyclopedia or a city yeah. one in this of, of, of useless information. <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly that's not useless. <clears throat> so, yes, exactly. So we find ourselves in a situation where the thing that just happened didn't go as we thought it was going to go. Hmm. So because we didn't even go as we thought it was going to go, now we throw a temper tantrum just like a little kid, right? Hmm. Like, but I, you told me I could get candy. <laughs> Dude, my little girl, my little girl, I think she... <laughs> She she must have been like a mobster in her past life or something. This, this kid is the most uh, efficient person to get a payment from you. 
you know, like if if I say that someone owes me money, <laughs> I I can send Athena and she will collect. And she, she doesn't give a shit. She just gets she just gets the job done. <laughs> uh, what a talent that is. Um, but uh, she's you know like whenever she <laughs> she helps her mom because her mom you know does all these baking incredible magical shit like you know sourdough bread sourdough everything actually and she makes all this awesome stuff scones you being uh uh uh, you know the irish slash british don't say that okay i'm sorry yeah it's like saying greek and turkish i understand (laughs) just irish slash irish yeah, you know what? That's uh, like anyway. So she makes this good stuff, and then she sells it, right? And she sells it at um, certain venues. And uh, Athena comes with her, of course, because where's she gonna go? <laughs> we can't leave her home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at, at the end of the day, she's asking for payment. And she, she, you know, her mom's like, "Well, I'll give you, you know, if you help me, I'll give you thirty dollars." <laughs> And then, you know, she's like, for like two or three days, you know, she's like, I want my $30. You promised me $30. <laughs> right? It doesn't matter whether or not she can, well, mom says, uh, well, you know, you said you were going to help, but you didn't help. You were just watching your iPad, you know, taking a nap. Uh, it doesn't matter because all she's projecting is that she was promised $30. You see, and that's how the subconscious mind works. It wants what it wants and mm. is not ready to compromise for any reason, even mm. when it's been entirely unreasonable, which is, uh, I don't know, like 100% of the time. <laughs> <coughs> so, um, yeah. There's the 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 um actually the 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 thing you you said there um the question um that when something hits uh, it was it was a, a version of that that I I used at one point and I'd seen um Tim Ferriss did a um a TED talk um a few years ago and uh, in it he talked about this concept called fear setting I don't know if it was his his version or his his term but um but the idea was that when something bad happened that if you could get yourself to sit down with a with a sheet of paper and divide it into columns and essentially say okay so what's the thing that's just happened and then what are all the things that could potentially go wrong so you you go as extreme as you need to and then you go what would i do if those things happened and you write out what what they would be and by virtue of the fact that um and then i think the last bit is maybe what would be the first step you would take in that event um but his point was that if you just allow the thing to swirl around in your head um and do all your working out and processing uh within your head then it's highly unlikely you're going to get to any kind of reasonable conclusion. But by taking it out, presenting 
all of the worst case scenarios and then also presenting this is what I would do in each of them. It immediately takes the sting out of it um, and, and a huge amount of the fear that would be associated with all these possibilities. Um, not that the event wouldn't necessarily be as catastrophic as it could be, but at least what it does, as you said, um, by asking the question why, is it brings you back to a place of balance where you're able to have that um, calm, reasonable, um, uh, sort of, you're, you're back to equilibrium, as it were, in order to consider the issue and come up with options to deal with it. Um, it's the fact that if you try and just process it in your head, all this shit's gone on, all this emotion has been thrown into it, and as we've just said, all this projection has been thrown into it. And if you allow yourself to follow that route, you will go to a very bad place one way or the other. Um, at least all this stuff is it picks it apart, puts it down on a page and allows you to get calm, get balanced and then know what to do next. It was it was only about day 10 when I actually got to that place. So <laughs> all the other stuff had happened in the previous nine days. Well, of, of course. See, the, the best part about this is that um, nine times out of 10, I think. Uh, in my experience, at least, you will find out after you calm your ass down <laughs> successfully mm. that yeah. what happened has actually given you the opportunity to do something better or to um, have a better approach to the situation than you did before. Yeah. Uh, it's happened to me. Let me tell you, we want to talk about disaster. It's happened to me where I've, I've been working on uh, an art piece of art for for a while, like for days. And uh, uh, as you know, the way that I do this work is very tedious and very, of course, very entrancing, but at the same time, very um, complex, <clears throat> technically. So... I would make the wrong move. You know, uh, at the time where I'd be working on, on a piece and then being exhausted, like in the middle of the night. And, stuff. and you know, like you have, for example, like you have like a glass of wine or, you know, a, a bottle of paint um, that is sitting by you and then you turn around disregarding <laughs> that there's a bottle of paint there and then the moment like you see yourself in like slow-mo <laughs> uh, knocking over the paint and you can't there's like there's nothing to do like you just watch yourself like you know this is happening but there's nothing yeah. to do to prevent it <laughs> you can hear the oh. <laughs> yeah yeah like, like probably like tiger woods right and then and then you know that it's all gone. <laughs> and, and it's happened to me several times. And the first thing, of course, is not, um, for me, is, is being pissed off. <laughs> God damn it, motherfucker. Ah! Um, 
but then your spirituality kicks in. Well, then it's like, you know, you know, interesting you say that. Because as I always say, as above, so below, as within, so without. There are parallels on every single situation that uh, we face and that we can draw from, that we can draw wisdom from. So it's funny at the moment when, let's say, you, you are participating in a grandmother ayahuasca ceremony and there are those times of course where you are plagued with this most unusual nausea right it's horrible as a matter of fact because you can't do anything about it you can't you can't force the purge right you can't you just have to navigate it and uh, <clears throat> this could be likened to one of those situations where you would expect, like there are people that go and, and uh, experience this because they've heard and, you know, such awesome shit. And they, they watched that movie where the angels came down and talked to that person. And, and they had to <laughs> experience it the, themselves firsthand. So instead they go in there and they're being used as a punching bag <laughs> by the medicine and uh I, you know one way or another inevitably you have to find out uh how to navigate this you can sit there and moan and whine like like a you know like a baby <laughs> for the whole duration or you can Go within. You can allow yourself to understand why you're feeling the way you're feeling at that moment. Connect with your feelings and start getting um, very valuable insights. And then, you know, the, the even more interesting part is the moment that the purge happens, right, is usually everything lights up. You know, this is the moment the disaster happens. That's how I make that association. The moment the seeming disaster happens, something unlocks itself mm. and provides you with insights and opportunities that you never thought you have access to. Because... We always play it safe. I mean, let's face it. <laughs> right? Because, you know, even if you are as insane as I am, there is a certain level of uh, of playing safe that, you know, I usually adhere to. Of course, fortunately or unfortunately for me, any attempt for me to play it safe is always <laughs> overthrown. <laughs> by my own higher self if you because you know it's, it's like you know that i have declared i guess to myself that there isn't you know i'm here to grow and whatever it is that i need to grow please serve it to me and i will find a way to navigate it so i'm telling you and i'm sure you can find the same if you go back to any serious or seemingly serious 
situation, disaster, what have you, that has happened in the past and reflect on it now, which we now call reframing. <laughs> Every coach in the universe knows that term now. You find out that things were not as bad as you thought. <laughs> in the same fashion that in the episode that is titled, Am I Ugly? When you look at your pictures from the past, you know, you always, you always will say, oh man, you looked so good back then. <laughs> you know, when at the time, you know, you look at the pictures, oh, this looks like shit. So, 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 as a like, would you be suggesting that you know, as a practice, that that we um, we would go back and look at at um, prior events that were significant, either positive or negative, and kind of work through them, um, almost deconstruct them, um, by asking the question, why, 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 all the time while it might give you some insight to say that it wasn't as bad as it seemed, are there any other benefits that, you know, give, are, are, are brought forward by virtue of you doing that? Of course, the major benefit is the fact that you always found your way through to from any situation that was seemingly horrible at the time. And uh, you can also confirm that not only did you find your way out of it, but you somehow were better off, you know, because if you live your life expecting that only uh, great things are happening for you, then this becomes your new conditioning, right? So, so anything, anything that happens is a, a locked treasure it's like a treasure chest you that now you need to all you need to do is just find a way to unlock it because there's always a treasure there <clears throat> and knowing that i think is a major advantage versus well, not knowing that yeah go ahead. so so i was going to say like would it have the effect of um if you take the example that you you mentioned you know you have this event it's 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 not a very pleasant event. Your subconscious goes back trying to find something that looked similar. Uh, it comes up to, with this situation where someone ditched you in high school, and then the reaction that you had back then, which was run home and tell your mom or or whatever, uh, is effectively what it suggests that you do or you do something similar in the current situation. By doing that kind of reflection over these events, um, especially, say, events that would be more recent, um, and you show that you got through it, and you show that you were better off as a result of it, and presumably you realise the action that you took, or you, you, you acknowledge the action that you took in order to get out of it, would that have the effect of reprogramming or uh, heightening the... Um, the reference point that the subconscious would then have 
in the event that an event in the event that a situation like that happened again instead of going back to the high school situation it now has a more recent situation where you managed to get yourself out of it would it have that effect of helping to reprogram of course because <clears throat> what creates a program yeah repetition Repeti yeah. yeah exactly so in 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 the same sense that uh, you, you know when you watch a, when you don't want to watch but for, are forced to watch a commercial right? what happens what happens these wonderful human beings that create these advertisements very wise and and, uh, and uh, deeply heartfelt pieces of creative uh, they know that if you know that the so on and so forth product is a good product, that's not good enough. <laughs> mm. Because they they can mention that once a month to you, and you would know. You'd be oh, I'm aware. Okay, yeah, yeah. That thing, that's that. Okay, <laughs> but that's not enough. That's not good enough for them. They have to create a program for you so as you come home or in this case you know keep being at home <laughs> because nobody goes anywhere these days uh you you, you know you <clears throat> had a stressful day yelling uh, at your uh, uh, i don't know employee your colleagues <laughs> over the <laughs> over the zoom <laughs> all day long and then you're like oh, i've had enough uh of a day now i'm just gonna get myself a nice drink and what i'm gonna do i'm gonna sit in front of the tv and relax right now however guess what this is the exact same process the exact same process that happens when you go to a hypnotist <laughs> Mine is a drink, of course. But um, sit down and relax is uh, the button pushed for your subconscious mind to ignite, to ignite programming time. And as if that wasn't enough, those peeps that are so awesomely honest, they even call it programming. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Because it's not like they're lying to you. They're like, this is your programming time. Sit there, relax, and enjoy the program. So yes, repetition. Of course, repetition is the key to creating new neural pathways and uh, enhancing your subconscious mind, your conditioning, uh, programming, reprogramming, and the like. <clears throat> that happens always through this process. So mm. yes, you can do, of course, the more you do it, the more you, like, like for example, I, I cannot, like something happens, like, oh shit, this, I can't believe this happened. This is, oh my God. this was, And of course, you know, <laughs> I have to, preface that by reminding you that I'm Greek and this is how Greeks throughout the ages 
you know, deal with a disaster, you know, pulling the hair, you know, and so on and so forth. So you've got an ancestral programming as well. Absolutely. Of course, that's that's the most intense type, by the way. So so here's the thing. I mean, I I, I get all of that and, and see all the benefits of doing that, whether it be um, doing the uh, questioning, like the why, 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 um, by asking questions like what's the worst thing that could happen and um, going to a place and saying what just happened and um, so the thing for me in terms of my experience over the past couple of weeks was it took me so damn long to get to the point at which I actually sat down and started to tease it apart like it was days so what do we do to help us and what do you recommend we use to help us re remind ourselves that, you know, what's the equivalent of having that red block, block or box with the glass on it saying break glass in case of emergency? And um, what is it that we, we would have in terms of equivalency to remind us to stop and ask the questions? Because we ain't going to do it without a hell of a lot of practice, without something like that. But here's my question to you. Why wouldn't you ask immediately? Let's just do that little exercise right now on the spot. Why wouldn't okay. you ask this question? Why wouldn't you ask why? Why wouldn't you ask, okay, what's going on here? What do I do and what do I do to get out of it? Because I'm caught up in the emotion of the thing that I'm not, I'm not because of my habitual programming and behavior for up to now, all 58 years of it, um, I don't naturally remember to do that when I'm in a, an emotional state about a particular issue. Okay. Well, th this is, and tell me if that helps. The very first thing you do when shit hits the fan is calm your ass down. Find a way to calm down. Is that something that you think is easy to remember? No. That's not easy to remember? <laughs> well, it's not that it's not easy to remember. It's just not where you go when you're in the middle of the situation. No, that's not where you go. But that's where I go. But oh, I know that may be where you go. But what is the difference between you and me, though, brother? Probably, probably um, a combination of awareness and practice. Exactly. So, so what do we do in the short term while we're trying to create that awareness? What do you do when practice? someone swings at you? But isn't isn't your first instinct to block? The punch? Yeah. Do, do you need anything to remind you to block the punch? Uh, no. Okay. So these are your instincts kicking in. At this moment where you are in terrible emotional distress, you have to always remember, like, take a note. <laughs> you know, put it in your pocket. 
in case of emergency, right? Mm. Break the glass. Put, make a note and always carry in your wallet, whatever, in your pocket. Okay? In case of emergency, calm the fuck down first. Mm. That's the first thing you do. Why do you do that? Because there's no way for you to assess the situation unless you calm yourself down. Mm. Because when you don't, when you're not calm, to, to, I mean, I'm not saying you're going to be like a Hindu cow here, you know what I mean? If your house is burning, burning down. And, mm. and I've been there, trust me. I've had my house <clears throat> fire. So, yeah. <laughs> so so it's, it's, a, it, it, it's a little bit like uh, preparing in advance for... Of course. For an interview. So you're going to rehearse. You're going to... to um, talk to yourself and, and essentially say, okay, if this happens, then I'm going to do this. It's, it's, it's making that plan in advance. And then, and in order to help me do this, I'm going to have a, that yellow post-it uh, that I'm going to stick it on the top right-hand corner of my screen. And that's going to have a red button on it so that uh, I remember to press that in the event that I go to one of those dark places. Um, I think certainly there has to be that kind of preparation in order to ensure that when the inevitable happens, you have some kind of strategy until it becomes more ingrained and um, more habitual in itself. Right. But, but let me ask you a question. You, you're a business person, right? Yeah. Well, when, when you're making a business plan, isn't there a, a plan B in case this goes to shit? Uh, there's a, it's usually built within it, yeah. Right. So why would you do anything different on your everyday life? The most important business you will ever have. I agree. But I think the thing is that we're not, we're not, um, we don't see it, we don't observe other people doing it. Um, and so therefore we're not, it's not something that necessarily comes naturally to us. So therefore, we kind of have to create the situation so that we can at least um, get the practice kicked off. That's right. Be because as we said many times, the reason why it, it's not, it doesn't come natural is because we have been entirely disconnected from natural law. Right? Mm. We think that it, has, it, it is a given that we will survive. It is a given that not only is it given, but if something happens, what? The supermarket is closed? Are you serious? I need pork ribs, man. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, if it doesn't happen the way that we expect that it should happen, God damn it, then we lose our shit. Do you understand? So it is a horrific way of living life. And of course, mm. most people share this way of living their life, right? Uh, and that's why people are like, you know, it's always there's always a complaint somewhere. the The complaint is proof that we're not operating according to natural law. Every mm. moment you complain, right? Nature doesn't give a shit. 
Yeah. Can you complain if a bear is chasing you in the woods? It's not fair! <laughs> right? You'd be like, bear, come on! It was, what the fuck? And then that's not cool? That's not, didn't you, have you met, have you found Jesus Christ, by the way? Because <laughs> if you haven't, there is like a camp of Jehovah's Witnesses way over there. <laughs> Right, so there isn't there isn't a reason to behave as if everything it will always go as planned. Well, thank God everything doesn't go as planned because most of our plans are so shitty and so small minded that they would be there would be no room to grow mm. otherwise. Yeah. So we've basically been cosseted to such an extent that we assume that everything is going to go right and go our way. Uh, and when it doesn't, we have we adopt, in a lot of cases, just victim mode and complain and blame other people and blame forces outside us. That's right. Versus accepting the fact that there will always be impediments in our way, there'll always shit happening, and the whole thing around life is about facing up to and overcoming these issues, but accepting that they're part of the norm as distinct from something that's not fair happening to you. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, uh, look, what is... Uh, it's funny, because every time that this happens to me... Now, don't, don't, please do not assume that I don't complain. <laughs> That's not what I'm advocating here, right? But yeah. the the moment I complain, this is the funny part. It's like, uh, yeah, there's another voice that overlaps, and it's like, oh, shut the fuck up, <laughs> shut the fuck up, and do what you're supposed to do, right? What you should be doing in the first place. What the cat pissed on, you know, my couch. Well, good for you. You should have covered that mother father. <laughs> right? Whose fault is that? Right? And, and here is a very interesting insight for every other thing that happens. The fact that when something goes wrong, when something goes, you know, <laughs> uh, otherwise than what you ex expected, it provides you with valuable insight on why this happened. Mm. Right? Like when something happens, like, you know, when my, <laughs> when the, uh, the foxes ate all my chickens, <laughs> one, one, was, I, I don't know if I told you that, last year, it was last year or two years ago, there was a raccoon, and I had, there was a, of course, at the time, I didn't know the raccoon uh, had it in him to kill live chickens, right? It was, it was, a, the, I had uh, a tarp, because my, you know, my chickens have a, a mansion, right? So it's like a 12 foot tall <laughs> house, and, uh, it was wintertime, so I put a tarp to, you know, minimize the height of the of the room to keep 
the the warm thing, right? Mm. Uh, so one one morning, you know, my wife go, goes into the thing. It's like there's a lump on <laughs> on the tarp. I don't know what the hell that thing is. So I go there and I poke it, and long story short, it was a raccoon. It was. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen those those fuckers. They're very cute. The bandits. <laughs> they're very cute, but they're assholes. So. What happened is that he was just, he, he just kind of like, we had a little bit of a talk and he was like, dude, you know, it's really cold out there. You know, let me just sleep on the tarp. I'm not going to bother anybody, you know? And, and I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. Whatever. And, and of course, yeah, <laughs> that was my, and then, you know, the yeah, fridge. several days later, you know, I go, in the, meanwhile, I didn't make the connection initially, right? So <laughs> I, I opened the door because every time, every day I would close the, the door to the coop. I opened the door and there was one like half eaten chicken in the house. And I'm like, what the fuck happened? I don't understand. <laughs> Are they cannibalizing each other? And of course, you know, when I was down to zero chickens, uh, it occurred to me. <laughs> he was that asshole. Uh, so, what have we learned here? Raccoons are not good people to keep together with chickens. <laughs> <laughs> and so, last year, I built a lot more wise and fortified enterprise. You see, brother? Yeah. yeah. And that's how this works. Mm. <laughs> okay. So I'll be better armed next time. I'm going to build a little, put a little box on the wall beside me here so that uh, break glass in case of emergency. Absolutely. And why, why yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah. And the more you do that, the more instinctual you will get with it. Yeah. In the same fashion that uh, if you're a martial artist, like uh, I practice Aikido, like, you know, it, it becomes second nature. If someone, you know, swings at you, you you're gonna, you're gonna block them. You don't, you don't have to think about, oh, what should I do now? Mm. So that's, that happens in the same, in the same fashion. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, I suppose you're introducing a form of programming as well in that you're, yes. you're, you're building Absolutely. up the slow, steps involved and then you're getting yourself to a place where you calm down and then you um start asking the relevant questions being curious about why this happened what's the worst thing that could happen in this situation and then all the whys so yeah absolutely because remember we cannot live without programming absolutely we just have to make sure that the stuff that we keep is the stuff that's of, that's supporting us and uh, not um, inhibiting us, I suppose. That's right. It's supposed to be serving us. So yeah. as the great philosopher Jack Nicholson once said, if you want to get rid of a bad habit, replace it with a better one. <laughs> and on that note, you may be talked too much again. But, you know, you've had rest. <laughs> You've had your rest. I've had it. But you know what? 
we've missed a couple of weeks of. Uh, by the way, if anyone noticed, because <laughs> you never know, you know, any of the three people that listen to us <laughs> were upset. So we forgive ourselves. Self-flagellation is not really what's required here. It, it is actually. That was. I'm very happy we did that today because it's something that uh, we all have to face all the time actually so many times it's funny that it happens so many times and yet we if we don't you know pre determine what is what is happening to us we always get caught in that trap mm. you know what I mean it's like there's like a bear trap outside of your house and you open your door bang you know it gets you today like tomorrow you know you your food is all banged up. You open the door, bang, it gets you again. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, there's a certain point where you should be like, shit, I should, maybe I should remove that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you but should. I think that, I think like a lot of things in life as we navigate through, we don't actually see it as, as a, a pattern. We don't um, see that it, we could break it down and we could attack it differently if we uh, had some kind of strategy to, to go about it. So, I think that's one of the things we're we're really advocating here is is um you know create the strategy so that in the event of a stressful situation happen happening um we know we're not going to be in the first seconds possibly minutes be um calm enough and rational enough to uh, do the right thing so we should have some kind of preparation done um, reminder, uh, whatever we need to actually get us to stop and say, okay, I know what I need to do in this situation. I need to take some deep breaths or I need to go for a walk or whatever the strategy needs to be to calm down. Um, but also to recognize what's actually happening to you in that situation. Um, that it's just you're, you're being flooded with emotions. You're being flooded with projection from your subconscious mind. And, um, uh, the combination really of those two is is preventing you from um, a way that, that 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 I've heard it described before is um, we start to lose our marbles. So we normally have a full, you know, six or 12 marbles, whatever our full complement is. And as soon as stuff like that happens, we lose one or two or three. And we can't operate without the full full pack or the full deck. Um, so we need to get them back before we can actually start to do anything and make progress. So, yeah. Very well said, brother. Very cool. well said. <clears throat> so on that note, from now on, we're not going to be saying until next week because you never know if next week will happen. Mm. Uh, see, that's how you you adjust to to the information that comes to you. Right? You can assume <laughs> that next week will happen. So I'll say until next time. Let's be careful out there. And don't let your mind kill you. Thanks for listening to Your Mind is Trying to Kill You with Alexandros Megas and Vincent Byrne. If you like our show and want to make sure that you don't miss an episode, then we would love if you would subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And you'd be doing us a big favor if you would support us by leaving a review as well. 
It would also be great if you would take a screenshot of this episode on your smartphone and share it on social media. So join us next Wednesday when we talk more about mind hacking and taking back control of your life. Until then, have a great week. Thank you.